We are nearing the end. Um, in, our, in our sermon series, that's an amen, right? But in the, we're in week 44, by the way, sermon 44. But in the story of Jesus, we know that we're nearing the end. Um, the day of his crucifixion is soon coming. We're, we're a day ahead of that right now. We know that what's going to take place between Mark chapter 14 and Mark chapter 16, all of human history will rest upon that. People who deny Jesus, people who would claim to be unbelievers this morning, they still, there's still in, inevitable things that happen as a result of the life of Jesus Christ and his ensuing death, burial, and resurrection. Today we're going to be in the same chapter of Mark 14, if you'd like to open up your Bibles there. The title of today's sermon is Denied Until He Died. Denied until he died. The sermon is about Peter, but it's more about Jesus. By the way, though, it's a good way of looking at Scripture. You may read a passage of Scripture and you say, man, that passage is really about fill in the blank. But we always need to come back to it, but yeah, but that passage is actually more about, about Jesus. Mark chapter 14, I want to thank Aaron for um, preaching last Sunday as Jesus there instituted the Lord's Supper. He met for the Passover. Thank you as a church for coming together and receiving the Lord's Supper together last Sunday. It's a very important thing for us to do. So that's where we pick up. We pick up with... Two weeks ago, Mary pours the alabaster ointment over Jesus' head and feet. Last week, Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper, another act of worship. And then we get to verse 27 of Mark chapter 14, which is where we're at today. You can follow along in your Bibles on an app on the screen. Verse 27, Mark chapter 14, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. Tonight, he says. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. I want to just pause. You say, Josh, you make this, this point a lot. Because it baffles me. He is one day away from being crucified. And he tells his disciples... But after I have been raised. This is one day before he dies. This is four days before he will rise again. And as we know, it goes in one ear and out the other. It, 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 I have a lot of questions when I get to heaven. This will be one of the main ones. Look at verse 29. Peter said to him, Even if all are made to stumble... Yet I will not be. Jesus said to him, to Peter, Assuredly, I say to you that today, 
even this night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he, Peter, spoke more vehemently, if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they, the other disciples, all said likewise. So there's the first part of our text. Jesus says, one of you are going to deny me. Peter says, it's not going to be me. I'll die with you. Jesus then goes, and we're not going to read this part of the text. He goes and he prays in the garden. You remember he takes Peter, James, and John. He says, watch right here, stay here, you pray. I'm going to go up a little further and I'm going to pray. He comes back three different times. What are they doing? Sleeping. Okay, we may or may not come back and hit some of those, but that's just what happens next. He is then taken from that point. He says, okay, guys, come down from, the, from this. Let's go to meet the others. The time of my betrayal is at hand. He comes down and Judas shows up with the soldiers. And he goes over and kisses Jesus on the cheek, signifying this is the one to take. And he sells Jesus out and betrays Jesus. And Jesus is immediately taken before the Sanhedrin. That's a word that we've studied in our, in our uh, text before. It's the religious leaders. It's those, all those people together, they form the Sanhedrin, almost like a Supreme Court. And so Jesus faces the Sanhedrin. And this is where we pick it up. Okay, so Peter, Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. Peter says, it ain't going to be me. Verse 66. Now, as Peter was below in the courtyard, Jesus is facing the Sanhedrin in the court. One of the servant girls of the high priest came, and when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with Jesus of Nazareth. Verse 68. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you were saying. And he went out on the porch, and a rooster crowed. There's one. The servant girl saw him again and began to say to those um, who stood by, this is one of them, but he denied again. And a little later, those who stood by said to Peter again, surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean and your speech shows it. Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. Third time, deny Verse 72, a second time, the rooster crowed. Then Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. One of the saddest sentences in Scripture. And when he thought about it, he wept. Heavenly Father, speak through your word today. Illuminate, transform hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a tough text, guys. This is one of those texts, if you read it and you disconnect from it, you're fine. But if you read it and you really try to connect with this text and you try to put yourself in this text and you try to comprehend what it would feel like and what it would be like to be in the shoes of, of say, Peter, this is a tough one. But I want us this morning to see what it, was look like, what it looks like for Jesus to be denied until he died. Now certainly this is separate from the denial of 
of the, the other disciple, you know, the Judas 30 pieces of silver disciple. This is a separate denial. Judas's denial was a permanent denial. But this wasn't Judas. And may I just say this? This wasn't even just one of the 12. This was one of the three. Jesus had multitudes that followed him. Jesus had 12 close disciples. But Jesus had three. Inner circle. They did things, experienced things that none of the other disciples experienced. They were the ones praying with him in the garden. They were the ones who went up on the mountain and saw the transfiguration. It was these, these men. Peter was one of them. So let's see what it looks like for Jesus to be denied by like, his, like a brother. First of all, I want us to see this. Number one, the pride of Peter. The pride of Peter. Look in our text. Look back at verse 27. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter said to him, Even if all are made to stumble, even if everybody else denies you, I'm not. I won't. Verse 31, skipping a verse. He spoke even more vehemently. If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Jesus here is coming off, freshly coming off, breaking bread with his disciples at the Passover, instituting the Lord's Supper, and now predicts the betrayal of one of his disciples. And Peter says, not me. It ain't going to be me. I'm not going to be the one that falls into that trap. I'm not going to be the one that falls into that sin. I'm not going to be the one that, that denies that you are who you say you are. Not me. Not me. And this is kind of on brand for Peter. Right? But Peter... Obviously not understanding everything that would take place and not understanding the full uh, realm of Scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 to verse 12 had not been written yet. However, this will be written by the Apostle Paul. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Hey, this verse was written and Peter did know this verse from studying the law in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Peter in this moment was so caught up in his pride. He was so caught up in trying to be the one. He was so caught up in trying to be better than the other disciples. He never thought it would happen to him. I mean, this is the same Peter that jumped out of the boat and rushed to shore when he knew Jesus was at the shore. This is the, other, this is the same Peter, the other time Jesus was out walking on the water. He's the one who jumped out of the boat and walked on the water with Jesus for a brief time. This is that Peter. This is the Peter that is just about to, in just a minute, cut off the ear of one of the soldiers that's coming to get Jesus. This is, that's Peter. I'm not going to be the one. It's not going to be me. I'm the most aggressive disciple that there is. 
I'm the leader. I'm out in front. But may I say this as, I, as we think through this and the pride of Peter. Peter was actually the perfect candidate for this. So swelled up in his pride. So swelled up in who he was and what he could do and all the things he could muster up. So vocal. Peter was a prime candidate for this. Peter seems like the kind of guy that whatever circumstance and scenario he found himself in, he wanted to be the leader. He wanted to make sure he was right and he was okay. We find that out because when he does deny him, he's like, no, man, no, 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 I don't know that guy. I want to be, I want to be accepted by the people that are here. That seemed to be Peter. And yes, this morning, the act and sin that Peter committed was the actual denial of Jesus. But may I present to you this morning that I believe that the heart, the root issue, and the root sin that caused him to deny Christ was pride. Was pride. Hey, listen, it's going to be Bartholomew. It might be Matthew. It ain't going to be me. If we understand the dynamics of the disciples, hey, I hope it's John, because we don't really like each other that much. We're kind of rivals. It ain't going to be me. I'm not going to jump ahead to my practical applications. That's how we're closing. But may I just say, when you don't think it could be you, you're closer to it being you than you've ever been. I'm going to repeat that. When you don't think it could be you, you're closer to it being you than you've ever been. But I would never. You better back away. You better pause. But I would, there is no way. Oh, but, oh, but there is. The pride of Peter. And may I say this morning, if you find yourself encapsulated with pride, if you find yourself living in pride, if you find yourself making decisions based upon what's best for you and no one else, if you find yourself focusing on you and not other people uh, for extended periods of time this morning, may I warn you today that while Peter denied Jesus, I firmly believe Peter's root problem was pride. And just as a teaching point, how many parents in the room this morning? Raise your hand if you're a parent. You can put your hands down. It's like elementary school. Y'all would keep your hand up for like seven minutes. He hasn't already put my hand on yet. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. How many of you understand as a parent, you've gotten there, sometimes the manifestation of a problem is not the real problem? You ever considered that maybe when your kid has an outburst, that maybe them having an outburst is not the real problem? And may I say, I believe that there are different types of sin that we find ourselves in. And I believe certain sins are root sins and other sins are fruit sins. You understand the difference? Root sin, pride. Root sin, idolatry. Fruit sin, I don't want nothing to do with church anymore.
Root sin, idolatry. I'm going to put many things before Jesus. Sports, money, wealth, fame. That's idolatry. The fruit, I don't want anything to do with the church anymore. I'm done with that. So that's just a side note. That was free this morning. But I believe that the, I believe that the fruit sin was denying Jesus, and I firmly believe that the root sin was pride this morning. So we see the pride of Peter. But secondly, very easily and, and, and clearly we see in verse 30 the humbling of Peter. So Peter says, Jesus, not me. It's not going to be me. Verse 30, Jesus said to him, oh, assuredly. All right, in 2022, no doubt. I say to you that today, even this night, tonight, before you lay your head on your pillow, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. I put myself in this story. And by the way, sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes you can get really off base there. But imagine hearing those words if you're Peter. Imagine hearing those words You will deny me. This is the night that everything's going down. This is the night that Jesus is being taken. This is the night that he will stand before the Sanhedrin. And what will transpire over the next 24 hours will literally change the course of human history. And Peter gets to be a star in the show. Only it's not the role he wanted. Jesus, I'll go to death with you. Know the role Peter was playing in the final 24 hours of Jesus' story is that he would be the one to deny him. The pride of Peter wanted to walk side by side with Jesus all the way to the cross, to be Robin to Batman, to be Luigi to Mario, and maybe some of you will appreciate this, to be Roy Williams to Coach K, you know, kind of like a little brother, kind of like a stepson. Man, I woke some of y'all up. It's good. But you think about it. He was like, I want to be the second guy. I'm going to be the guy. Jesus, if you go to the cross, I'll walk up there with you. Hey, Jesus, if you're beaten, they'll beat me beside you. That's the role I want to be. And so when in human history, this is what Peter's pride said. In human history, I want it to be the crucifixion of Jesus with Peter there. The beating of Jesus with Peter. And instead, his role was as one of the top three disciples, one of the inner circle brotherhood that Jesus had, had, had created, that he would be the denier. Unfortunately for Peter, he did not comprehend James 4 and verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. We could deduct from that verse that if you will not humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, that the Lord will humble you and he will keep you low. Is that fair? Is that fair with that verse? If you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will lift you up. If you will not humble yourself and you will refuse to humble yourself, then he will humble you and he will make you low. 
And unfortunately for Peter, he did not put this verse into practice. He lifts himself up, up in pride and unfortunately lands flat on his face in guilt and shame. We talked about, we spoke about, we read the text, what happens next. Praise in the garden. He's then delivered by Judas to the soldiers. That's where Peter slices the ear. And then he faces, Jesus faces the Sanhedrin. Jesus would then go before Pilate. You remember all this. We're going to get to there. We're going to speak about Barabbas. We're going to speak about all those things in the next couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to it. But thirdly, what we see, so, so here's what we've seen. The pride of Peter, the humbling of Peter. Thirdly, the blatant denial by Peter. The blatant denial. I'm actually not going to read the text for you because of time this morning. Amen. I'm not Aaron. not going to let you out at 1058, but hey, it's all good. I'm like, how'd it go? Everybody's like, great, we got out before 11. But uh, he was just making up for the time before, let's be honest. So anyway, if some of y'all were here, I don't know. Um, but before time, I'm not going to read the text. Let's, we know what happens. Jesus is in the court. Peter's outside in the courtyard. Girl comes up. Hey, you're with that guy in there, aren't you? No, nah, I'm, nah, I'm not. Oh, okay. A few minutes later, hey, listen, you're with that guy. I'm pretty sure that I've seen you with Jesus. No, I'm telling you, I don't know that guy. A couple minutes later, listen, you, you talk like him. We know where you're from. You have to be that guy that was with Jesus. Blank no. Get the blank out of my face. I'm hoping in my mind I'm blanking the right words. Get the blank out of my face. Can you imagine if I blank like a good word? And then, anyway. I don't know that man. And for the second time that rooster crows. And Peter understands what takes place. We just read about a man who did what he never thought he would do. He denied Jesus not one time, not two times, but three times. And may I say this and repeat this this morning. You may be the loudest. You may be the most visible. You may be the quote-unquote most spiritual. You may serve the most. You may help people the most. You may love people the most. You may be Peter. You may be in the top three of Jesus' followers. But take heed. Anything can happen to you at any time. Some of the best Christians I know have fallen into the deepest sin that I know. Never say that it cannot happen to you because it definitely can happen to you. And may I say with an, a prideful attitude like it will never happen to me, it just might. Peter blatantly denies just hours before. Let's give him grace. 12 hours before. I think it was much closer to two or three hours. 12 hours before, let's say, 
I'm not doing it. I'll die with you. I'll never deny you, Jesus. I love you. I'm one of your chief disciples. I would never deny you. And he denies him, not once, not twice, but three times. Never say that it can't happen to you. Never say that. Peter denied the one he loved. Peter denied the one he left his family for. Peter denied the one that he gave, literally gave everything up for. He denies Jesus. And then lastly, we see the realization of Peter. The realization of Peter in verse 72. A second time the rooster crowed, then Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you would deny me three times. I think that the translators really missed on an opportunity to say thrice, right? Before the rooster crows twice, you would deny me thrice. That would be awesome. And when he thought about it, he wept. Peter seems like the guy who does a lot of stuff without thinking about it. Right? Jesus is on the water. Oh, man, let's go. Jesus is at the shore. Man, I'm not waiting for the boat to get there. Let's get out. This guy's trying to take Jesus from us. Man, chop his ear off. Right? Peter seems like the kind of guy that does a lot of stuff without thinking. But here, he thought about it. And the text tells us that he wept. There was a catastrophic realization that Peter experienced. I just denied my Savior. I just did exactly what Jesus said I would do. I just repeatedly denied him. And that's how the story ends, just in this text. I'm done with my main four points, but I wouldn't leave you there this morning, because in conclusion, there's a final point. There's two of the most powerful texts in Scripture. In conclusion, I'm going to give you a final point and three practical applications. Everybody Ready? We're going to roll. It did not end with the realization of Peter. In conclusion this morning, we see the restoration of Peter. Peter was brought low. He wept. I do not, I cannot comprehend what happened in Peter's heart and mind as Jesus was then led to the cross, as Jesus was then buried. But in Mark chapter 16 and verse 4, just to stay in Mark's rendition of it. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. These are the ladies. For it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified? He is risen. He is not here. Easter Sunday. See the place where they laid him. Verse 7. Will you read it out loud with me? 
Look up there at verse 7. But go tell his disciples and, and Peter. But go tell his disciples. But make sure you tell Peter. Go tell those other ten. Judas was gone. Go tell those other ten. But make sure Peter knows. Make sure he knows. Make sure Peter knows that the one he denied is no longer dead. Make sure Peter knows. Folks, I don't know how best to explain this. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most crucial thing that happens that has happened in religion ever. You see, other saviors have died. No other savior has risen. This is legitimately, that's why I say it's even more important than the cross, in a way. The resurrection. Okay, It is the most significant thing that's ever going to happen in his, human history. That's what it's happening right now. But you know what Jesus does? He makes sure that angel instructs those ladies to tell Peter. In the magnitude of what was going on, in the 30,000 foot view of everything that was taking place when he rose from the dead, he cared about Peter. He cared about that one individual. It reminds me of, for God so loved the world. But God so loved Melody. For God so loved the world. For God so loved Steve. It's one of the most incredible texts in Scripture. That Jesus would rise from the dead and say, you make sure Peter knows. It didn't stop there. The book of John tells us in the final chapter, John 21. Peter wasn't perfect still. We're about to see it. Verse 19, then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind him the disciple Jesus loved. John referred to himself as that. I love that. If I preach through the book of John, I will clown on that the whole time. So I've got to make sure my heart's right. All right. The, the disciple Jesus loved. He could have just said John. Peter turned around and saw behind him the disciple Jesus loved, John, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? This is John kind of like, in all seriousness, if you really think about the way the Gospels were penned, this is like an incredible kind of flex by John, right? Who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, points to John, and says, what about him, Lord? And Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Basically, my dealings with John are none of your business. What does Jesus say to Peter? As for you, Peter, follow me. Peter not only is restored at the resurrection, he's recalled, he's recommissioned, he's given a focus. This is Peter that's going to preach Pentecost. This is Peter that's going to see thousands of people come to faith in Christ because of his preaching. This is Peter, the denier. This is Peter, the prideful. 
practical applications, and we're done. The sin of pride is so complex that it has its hands in scores of other sins. Before you treat the fruit, please consider the root. You may say, I'm having issues at work with this specific person. And here's the way it's displaying itself at work. May I this morning just, would you consider that maybe, just maybe, you may be thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think? I don't know. I'm not, I don't live in your heart. I'm not the Holy Spirit. You're having issues with your spouse today? And it may fruit itself out in this argument here or this. Maybe take a look. Am I giving myself over to pride? Am I thinking of myself more highly than I ought to think. Maybe the, the fruit is a conflict that you're having with another brother or sister in Christ, a family member or another church member. Maybe the fruit is that that's a conflict there. May you this morning consider that maybe, Peter, your root issue is that you're thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. I'm convinced that the, at the root of nearly every sin... It's either one of these or a combination of pride and idolatry. Pride and idolatry. Second practical application that we must understand, we must learn, we must be prepared for this morning. Even the most devout followers of Jesus can commit unfathomable sin. Those who follow Jesus the closest are not exempt from deep, deep sin. This morning, don't you ever put your hope in a pastor. I got pastors of mine in jail this morning. Don't put your hope in a pastor. There's pastors all over this country that can't keep their pants up. There's a whole church planning organization this morning who is going through their whole church planning organization and weeding out pastors that have had sexual sin and their churches hadn't dealt with it. Whole organization. Don't you ever hit your wagon to some pastor. Listen, I say that as your pastor. If your wagon is hitched to me, man, this wagon, this wagon could fall off the rails at any time. If your wagon is hitched to some dude on the internet, some pastor that you see some like TikTok clips up or something, you know, TikTok theologians are my favorite. Listen, we must hitch ourselves, not to the followers of Jesus, but to Jesus. Now certainly, as Paul mentions, I can help lead people into that relationship. I can be a bridge temporarily for that relationship. Hey, I can take uh, Daniel all the way back there and Jesus all the way over there, and I can do my best to try to help bridge that gap. But if Daniel never makes it to Jesus, then his, his faith was in the absolutely wrong person.
Does everybody understand that concept? And, and mature believers can help immature believers. And if I could continue to use Daniel as an illustration, Daniel can help bridge the gap for Caden, his little boy. But if Caden's eyes are only on daddy and they're not on God the Father, listen this morning, our focus must be not on followers of Jesus, but on Jesus. But on Jesus. Thirdly, and we're done. No matter what you've done, maybe in your own way you've denied Jesus. Maybe in your own way you've rejected him and you've pushed him away. No matter what you've done, Jesus wants to restore you. You could put your name in there. Go tell my disciples and Nathaniel. Go tell my disciples and John, even though it was one of the disciples' names. The disciple whom Jesus loved here today, ladies and gentlemen. No. He wants to restore you. He wants to restore Peter so much that as he rose from the grave, he tells the angel, Make sure Peter knows. He loves you that much. He wants to restore you that much. You may think that you're too far gone. You may think that, that this, the sin that's in your life and the choices that you've made uh, would ruin anything, any chance that you have as, uh, with a relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you this morning, he wants to restore you more than you want to be restored. He wants a relationship with you more than you want a relationship with him. He wants to come along and be a part of your life and his Holy Spirit dwell within you. More than you ever want it. My question to you today, if you've never experienced the restoration and love that Jesus offers through his shed blood on Calvary, through his burial and resurrection, would you accept that restoration this morning? You know what Jesus does? He stands between you, sinful creation, and God sinless creator you know what he does permanently he bridges that gap sinful creation sinless creator Jesus thanks for listening today if you're listening for the first time we would love to hear from you maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus if so we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.